Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I am David. And I'm Sherry. And this week we are finishing up an episode that we did a few weeks ago. And there was a little bit of confusion in this whole process. Actually, I was missing some things and did not follow up on this episode, but we started a new subject. So for those of you who are following and paying attention in order, good for you, you'll recognize that we started the reintegrating sexuality and hadn't finished it yet. Hadn't so finished it. Here we are. We, we are did get it. feedback on that. We apologize. Here it is. I know some people were really interested in making sure they got this information. So, Which is fair. So thank you for your help. Yes. Keep us on track a little bit. We just get so excited about all the topics <laughs> that we have uh, that we want to cover that we can get distracted. It is surprisingly <laughs> easy to have these ideas of what we want to do. And yes. To move forward pretty fast. So so let's talk about reintegrating sexuality, reintegrating sex back into your relationship after discovery day, after betrayal. There, We talked a lot about this last time. We talked about making sure that couples are doing uh, things that they are working together on emotional connectedness on recovery on all of these different things that are critical to reintegrating sexuality how do we know when it's time when you see the evidence of recovery of wanting to connect emotionally of uh, holding emotional space for each other, being honest, open, and willing. Honest, open, and willing, which is hopefully one of the greatest takeaways from something as hard as betrayal anyway, Mm -hmm. is learning how to connect more emotionally than you ever have before. Yes. And often helping him, if he's been in addiction, to be more emotional and more attuned and able to communicate those emotions better than ever. Yes. So this is one of the the hopeful things that can happen from this process because it needed to happen, most Mm -hmm. likely. And you have an idea now of when maybe it's time based on what's happening. And if you're feeling more connected, if if there are hopefully more relationship rituals around time together. Mm -hmm. Normally what it will look like, I think, is there's lots of trust discussions happening. We've gone through a disclosure process. We know everything. Trust is starting back in. Yeah, honesty is there. Honesty for sure, number one. And with all of these trust discussions, we're feeling a lot better about knowing where each other is at, especially emotionally. So as that happens, what do we do So I wanted... Yes, and when. And when. When's the big one, maybe. And let's... I want to really quickly say we're going to talk about this today in terms of uh, the husband or male partner being the betrayer and the the female 
uh, or wife partner as being the betrayed in this scenario, because it's just a lot easier. Cause we're going to be talking about reintegrating sex and what sexuality means for the husband or male partner. And so it's just going to make this discussion a lot easier. We understand and are very aware that sometimes those roles are reversed, but today, especially with the way that we're discussing uh, reintegrating sexuality and understanding the dynamics in sex between men and women, it's just going to be a lot easier to talk about it that way. Right. Good. So one thing I like to do when I'm explaining this is talk a little bit about why sex is important. We, mm-hmm. we have a sense of why it's important. Obviously, it's, it's connection. I think yes. one of the best definitions I heard of, of why sex is so important is unity. Mm-hmm. Um, which couples need is unity, and it's accomplished through sexuality mm-hmm. and sex. But also, I like to talk to women specifically about what sex means for the man most of the time. Now, there's always exceptions to the rule, and so I don't want to make some blanket statement here for everyone. However, a lot of guys can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've done this long enough that it fits most of the time. But yeah. I think it's really helpful for women to know because they're cautious. They should be. They're keeping themselves safe. They're learning right. all these concepts in recovery and mm-hmm. when to do this. And... What does it mean? Can I can I right. do it too early? Does that mean that it's pushing him back towards sexual addiction? Is it going to get right. him thinking about things too much that he shouldn't be thinking about? I mean, there's a lot of questions in this process. Yes. And good questions. And so one thing that I want to make sure everyone is clear on is for men, most of the time, the reason sex is so important is because it's acceptance. So we talk about the need all of us have for unconditional love and acceptance. These are yeah. our core needs. We, we have to have a sense of belonging. And the unconditional part is so important. And we've talked a lot, lots of episodes about love and being loving and unconditionally loving, not transactionally. Right. And acceptance is this, I'm taking you as you are and I'm okay with you as you are. I'm not focused on your faults or flaws or weaknesses or imperfections. I just accept you. And it's a very powerful thing. And we all need it. Mm -hmm. And for most men, and for women too, but men I think tend to be more like this, sex is acceptance of them as a person. Right. It's basically like saying, hey, I see you and you're okay. In order for me to be this vulnerable with you and this focused on you, it's a lot of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I think it's how men receive it the best, actually. So Most men. Yeah, like you're saying, here's the blanket statement. But yeah, yes, absolutely. You've heard of, you know, the five love languages and probably taken those quizzes before. And (laughs) there's acts of service and quality time and physical attention and words of affirmation, and and all of those are important. I think a lot of men, it's sex that really says, I am It's kind of that top, yeah, that top Mm -hmm. layer. So women listening to this, just keep in mind that um, even though it's going to be hard to reintegrate sexuality because you're wondering what he's thinking about, and Mm -hmm. by the way, I think maybe we touched on this before, but it's okay to check in. 
It's okay right. to see where you're at and what you're thinking about. It's yeah. There's not a problem to stop at any mm. point in and communicate. Yes, in that sexual reintegration process, absolutely, because that can be around how are you doing. That can be around how am I doing. That can be around I'm feeling a little triggered or mm-hmm. you know distant for a minute. Can right. we communicate? You know, and talk for just a minute, and that will help me reconnect. You know, all of those different kinds of things, right? And I can just say from a guy's perspective, um, we would much rather you did that and took a pause than mm-hmm. that you just went along with it and then afterwards was Upset. feeling hurt or maybe even cry. Mm-hmm. That's the worst. We don't want that. We mm-hmm. would much rather that during the process you paused and said, hey, here's what's going on for me, which really gives us an opportunity and we need it to slow down and caretake. And, and sort of prove this concept, right, that it's not just about physical. It's not just about what's actually happening physically, mm-hmm. but it's about a bigger connection. It's about this unity that we're trying to achieve. Yes. And we want you to feel that and to be a part of a process that's deeper than just the physical, which sometimes is a fear, often is a fear, I would say. Right. For her. Yes, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's definitely going to be a fear when there's been betrayal. And so definitely make sure that you take those times to take a pause. But I love, I love the way that David is describing this acceptance that you'll notice oftentimes, again, not a blanket, you know, blanket statement for everyone, but a lot of times for women that comes through that emotional, like the talking, the connecting emotionally and this is just often a difference. And so as some of those things begin to happen through the trust discussions, through mm-hmm. uh, being honest, open, and willing. Through empathy skills through building empathy conversations, skills building. which had yes. better be happening. Yes, that need to be happening. There's this trust that begins to develop, and right. that side is starting to be filled, which is obviously crucial also for the relationship that's being built and, and then you can move forward more easily into this other space. So both sides are getting that where they feel it the most, where Mm -hmm. it's connecting with them the most. And we will actually talk about that a little bit more later on when we talk about how Mm -hmm. to reintegrate. Yes. Um, Before we get there, I just wanted to share an example that I think can be helpful that I'll do in session often where I will say when it comes to sex, if I ask the wife to go sit in that chair and to get up, get out of that chair when she feels a burning, overwhelming need, desire to be sexual with her husband, Uh how long do you think that would be? And (laughs) the guy always goes, oh boy. Like, here we go. Not always, not always, but... But sometimes, yes, for sure, a lot of time. that's kind of the case, right? And she would say, oh, well, I'll, I'll probably be here a while, mm-hmm. which is fair. That's okay. Yeah. I say, okay, well, if I said go sit in that chair and please leave the chair when you feel a burning, overwhelming desire for your husband to feel love and acceptance and appreciation yes. and recognition for providing and working hard and doing what he can for the family and, and trying his best. How long would you be in that chair? Mm-hmm. It would not be very long. 
Yeah. And this is where it can be helpful because to him, it's the same thing. So when there is sex, there is a sense of appreciation and recognition and acceptance coming from the wife. Yes, and love. And despite even, and, and this is important, people are coming in here for the most part because of sexual addiction. Right. And it can seem like that has taken this person and made them only sexual and only physical. And that's all they think about. Mm-hmm. That has not been my experience, actually. Obviously, there's there's a hypersexuality in many cases. Right. But what I've learned from talking to as many addicts as I have is when they are being sexually intimate with their wife, it is unlike the porn, the masturbation. It's right. unlike that side of their sexuality. It's almost like we have different parts, right? And the wives understandably maybe are a little confused by that and don't yeah. believe that they can actually pull that off. Right. It's been my experience that that's far more meaningful to them and always has been. Mm-hmm. And so, but still worth a conversation and where exactly that lies in your relationship and what that balance is exactly you should be talking about. But maybe just rest assured, uh, wives, in my examples and the work that I've done, um, the men really separate when I am with you versus when I am doing this thing over here. Now, it's a little bit different with infidelity and with affairs. And so that needs to be pointed out. This is more for if there's been porn, if there's been affairs and infidelity, it's harder to Mm -hmm. tease that out. And really should be... um, discussed at length and what is the experience like for you and um, that's often a question in the disclosure is when we are having sex how often do you leave me and go somewhere else and that I think is a fair question right right yes and I think it's also important again to touch on you know as you're giving that analogy uh, that this isn't again about transactional relationship right so it isn't about okay, now he's done X, Y, and Z, so therefore I'm supposed to give him sex or vice versa. I've done these things, so now she needs to appreciate me and give me sex, right? This is about accepting and loving. And when we accept and love another human being, there is absolutely that element of I see the things that, you know, you're doing and I... I so appreciate and love what you're bringing to the table and what you're offering, right? But it's a different nuance than you check the boxes. Now I'm going to check a box, right? Right. And I think it's an important clarification so much with all of the different topics that we discuss on this podcast. Uh, there are the nuances of of motivation. There are the nuances of, you know, where this is coming from. And they're critical to understand because you really can do the exact same thing and have it be this incredibly healthy, beautiful, growing space or this unhealthy, uh, manipulative, trying to get something space. So I want to point that as a clarification because I know that listening to David explain that there are going to be some of you that are going to go, <gasps> you know, and get triggered by that aspect of it that can feel transactional. 
And I just want to point out that that's not what that is. It's not what that is. And it can almost sound that way. But if it's if you're doing it right, it's not. It's that beautiful space of I love and accept you and what you're bringing to our relationship and the things that you're doing to connect in our relationship and the things that you're doing to help our family to grow and to progress. Uh, and us as a couple, you know, which can, in, which is going to include, you know, providing and working hard and, you know, connecting emotionally or talking about feelings when you don't really feel like it right. or, you know, all of those beautiful things. So I love this concept and I love that we get to hear about it from David. It's easier when it comes from a guy, I think, when you're talking about that perspective. And I think it's so important because it really does, I think, feel different for most men and women. Mm-hmm. That is the deep connection for men, right? Most of the time, it is that deep ultimate, I am accepted, connected, loved. And for women, it's the cherry on top almost like, okay, that's a nice little, right. you know, it's a, it's a nice, beautiful garnish, right? you know? And the reality is, you know, there's been studies done on this. Women are, I always like to pause, make you think what's going to follow next. <laughs> I do that in session a lot. Uh, women are really good at getting their emotional needs met. Men are not. So we've actually done studies mm-hmm. and most men have one person that they confide in deeply, intimately. And that yeah. one person is their spouse. That's 50% of men. If I'm remembering the study, another 40% have their spouse and one other person, like maybe a brother or, or a neighbor, um, that they can fight in. So yeah. 90%, I want you to think about this. 90% of men have one or two people that they can emotionally confide in. Now compare that to women who have half a dozen mm-hmm. easily that they can emotionally confide in. And so you begin to see why sex can maybe look different for men than it does for women. Women are getting emotional needs met and other needs met in other ways Whereas men, not so much. And so I'm not saying it's it's fair. It might be fair. Yeah. It certainly right, isn't wrong, equal. Right, wrong, good, bad, yes. Definitely not equal, but right. it shows you why for men that sexual relationship is so important because they're just not good at getting that need met anywhere else. And right. we were raised not to. What guy is raised to be talkative and vulnerable and to share With his emotions many people. and cry. And, <laughs> right, so... We got the exact opposite messages. We need to right. compete and compare, not connect. That's not what we were raised to do. Yes. So we're behind the eight ball already. And maybe that can generate some understanding and mm-hmm. empathy for why. Why is this such a big deal for you? Okay, maybe yeah. the sex is different than I've been looking at it. Yeah. And I love that concept of like anytime that you're feeling like, why, why are you pushing this so much? Or why is this such a big deal to you to think, oh, it's because you want to feel connected to me, to feel like I love and accept you. Yes. And it's, it really shifts how you think about sex and how you view that, um, with your partner. And I also want to go back and say that same study, that same understanding can also help 
the men to understand why it's so critical for the woman to feel emotionally connected because I've got these people and yeah, I can go get my needs met there, but like that's connection. That's, that's love and acceptance is that someone can hear me and know what's going on emotionally for me on that deep level and still love and accept me in that space. And so if they don't feel like they are getting that from their spouse, right. then why would I want to do something so much more intimate with them? Right. So this is a beautiful way to see why both sides are in this place, why both sides are need what they need, and that when we provide that for them, it really helps them to feel connected and loved and appreciated. And it's, it's super common for women when they feel that emotional connection, when you've sat and done empathy skills and you've really heard them and you've really seen them to feel much more sexually aroused, much more uh, wanting to connect sexually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting I'm just thinking that old joke that a man needs a woman. <laughs> the you know the old joke one. A man a man needs a woman, a woman needs a man, and other women. <laughs> because men are not good at meeting emotional needs. But yes. no, I think it's helpful. Hopefully, one of the takeaways from this podcast for women is how desperate men are for unity, mm-hmm. and how they may appear like they have everything put together and they're professional and successful and doing everything but they are desperate to be seen and heard and to be united. And look, we're not very good at getting it. So this isn't like, if we're not feeling it, you're doing something wrong. We're not good at getting it. We're not good Mm -hmm. at talking. We're not good at feeling, recognizing our feelings, uh, communicating those emotions. We're just not very good at it. And Mm -hmm. maybe just giving you some understanding why sex is such a big deal. Right. Because it's not just physical, I promise you. Um, but that's maybe what you heard from mom or grandma. And so that may be the idea that you have is, you know, men just need Or just to the sex. betrayal piece. Like, oh, clearly it's all just about the physical right. for them. But it's it's very much that acceptance piece. Oh, so man, moving into... I know. <laughs> um, we need to have like three more <laughs> episodes on this. We probably do. So... But we need to follow through on what we said. So how do we reintegrate it? Well, here's an idea that I like, and we'll talk about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. Couples should, I think, and there's always exceptions to every rule. So again, just take this for what it's worth. Work on this as a couple. Work on this with your therapist. (laughs) Everything that we're talking about, please. But one thing that I'll recommend is that you, as you work your way back into being sexual, as you're ready... You schedule it and mm-hmm. twice a week. And this is, I know a lot of people hear this and go schedule this. it. Like, Fun uh... with Dick and Jane, right? <laughs> Where they're in bed and they're they're getting hot and heavy and they say, okay, when can we do this? And they say, next Tuesday at 6 sounds good. And they both roll over <laughs> and go to bed. I don't mean that exactly, but schedule it as in... There's a couple of different ways to do this, and I've seen it done both ways, so let me explain. Um, because now maybe we've established how important sex is, Right. it should be happening twice a week, in my opinion. 
And I'm even saying you can be married for three months. And as soon as you are out of that honeymoon stage, start scheduling. It's that important. And what it looks like mm-hmm. is one day is her day to initiate. One mm-hmm. day is his day to initiate. That way yeah. everybody is initiating and everybody's feeling wanted because their partner is initiating. And you choose the days. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is there's not a specific day set aside. You just know that once this week, before this week is out, I need to initiate sex. Some couples like that a little bit better because it feels a little too structured if it's like Wednesday right. night it's and like, Sunday night. Well, maybe okay. I don't, you know, maybe I'm not actually wanted. They're just doing because they have to. Kind and of what if thing. it's Wednesday and I'm just not feeling it? I would yeah. say, we'll do it anyway. But you'll find often that if you have it scheduled and this is your day to initiate and see if this is true for you, you are pacing yourself throughout the day. You're thinking about it. You're preparing mentally and you mm-hmm. sort of structure things differently because you know that, oh, what's today? Today is Sunday, so tonight's the night, and I'm thinking about this, and so I'm just right. approaching things differently. I'm sort of conserving almost. And even in that case, let's say it's been a really rough day, and um, there's maybe even an argument, and mm-hmm. you're saying, okay, well, I just don't want to. I would say do the best you can to do it anyway, but talk first. Have a transition time. Maybe go for a walk. You would be surprised what a 10, 15-minute conversation will do to help if it's a scheduled day. And that is totally okay. And by the way, of course, you can always just say, nope, it's not going to happen. This isn't like you're being forced. But I would say it's important enough that have a really good reason why it's not going to happen and not just I don't feel like it. Right. And if it gets pushed off to the next day because of, you know, you're not feeling well or... Other things are happening. Try to do it the next day. Right. Don't just write it off for the week and say, yes. I'm just not initiating this week. Yeah. No, push it back. Even if it goes all the way back to where it's two days in a row, uh, that's okay. Yeah. And here's here's the thing with that. Because, again, this is something that's really critical to maybe be working with a therapist on. Because what we want to do is make sure that... Uh, especially I would say for the wife, this is going to be the little bit maybe trickier piece. And what we don't want to do is push you into a space where you're feeling very traumatized by what's going on, where you feel like you don't have a say in your own sexuality because that's oftentimes taken away or where you feel like you're hundred percent in charge of it. And, you know, I know a lot of wives that come into these situations and they're like, yes, I monitor and I have like in my brain, okay, like we haven't had sex for this number of days. And so I need to have sex with him so that he won't go look at something else or that, you know, whatever. And you, you get into this very, um, unhealthy relationship with your own sexuality and with the couple, uh, sexual relationship. And so it's really, really critical that we don't negate you in this process. And also really critical that we, you don't get stuck there and can't move into a space where maybe you are a little bit challenged around it and where you're willing to step into a place that might be a little uncomfortable in order to grow and further the relationship. Hopefully that makes sense. And again, with all these things, this is a very balanced space that we're trying to negotiate. And sex is probably one of the most challenging places to do that. So, As we're talking around this, if you're starting to get very flooded and emotionally heightened about what we're talking about, 
make sure you're talking to your therapist about this. Make sure you're talking with your spouse about this. Make sure you're working through this because I think that if you can get to a place where you are doing this twice a week, where you are engaging, you know, on a regular basis when it's safe emotionally to do so, and they're doing all these things and they're really working hard, this is important. It's really, really important. So there are just a lot of nuances around this that you just have to be really aware of. And that's, I think, why sometimes that when you have it twice a week where you just know, uh, I'm supposed to initiate once this week, you know, instead of it being like Wednesday or Sunday, sometimes that's a lot more helpful for uh, the wife to be able to say, okay, I don't you know, I'm not being forced to initiate someday when I'm maybe not quite feeling okay about it, but I can look at the week and I can find, you know, the time that I'm feeling the most connected or Mm -hmm. we've had some good days and I just really am feeling more connected in those times. And I can step up into that space that might still have felt a little uncomfortable or maybe not just feeling super aroused necessarily, but this is a good space where I can do that. And sometimes you can absolutely also do both and where the, the wife can pick a day and where the husband's day is structured too, which can be helpful because then, uh, they can be prepared for, okay, I know he's going to initiate today. If you're still in that really hesitant space. So I know he's going to initiate today so I can prepare and plan Mm -hmm. for that and work to, you know, have myself, you know, be in a good space and get in the mood or whatever it is. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to do this. We kind of jump right to, you know, schedule twice a week. Well, there's, Mm -hmm. there can be a lot of steps between not having sex and doing that. Right. And the scheduled can be a scheduled conversation about sex. It doesn't even have to be sex. The schedule can be beginning a sensate focus process, which we're going to talk a little bit about here. Um, So there's different ways to do this. I will say one advantage that often happens with the scheduled sex that is good to know, I think, is if it's Tuesday and you're cuddling and it's not a sex day, um, you might find that you're relieved that it won't turn into anything more. And Mm -hmm. I have a lot of couples who make that agreement where, okay, our days are Wednesday, Sunday, whatever. Which means any other day we still can, but we're not we're not planning on it. And so if we are being intimate, if mm-hmm. we're sitting on the couch watching something and snuggling, but it's a Monday or a Tuesday, uh, she kind of has a free pass of sorts for I can really be affectionate because this isn't going anywhere. This isn't turning yes. into more, which for a lot of women is kind of a barrier. I would be right. more affectionate with you, but you want it to turn into sex every time. Every single time. And so yeah. I'm just not very affectionate with you. When you both need affection, yes, and so this can help to say if it's not a scheduled day, that's off the table. And so I can actually just enjoy being affectionate with you because it's not going to go anywhere. Now that takes some trust and that takes some ground rules right? because he can't be, you know. Um, you have to have an understanding around it. Right. right. He can't be otherwise pushing it's not that very and saying, well, okay, fair. but I really want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he has to commit to if it's not a scheduled day, then we aren't having sex. And so... Right. We both need more affection, and today is a non-sex day, so we can just enjoy the affection because it's affection. Right. And that might get your wife to be more affectionate without worrying that it's going to lead to something else. 
Right. So that's an important consideration. Yes. And again, that's going to affect maybe whether or not you're doing the, the version of like pick a day versus uh, the version of like it's going to be on this day. Right. And again, even if you are doing a different, even if you are saying, hey, we'll just pick a day when we're feeling it, we definitely need to make sure that you're, you know, you can still communicate and say, hey, you know, we're here, we're kind of cuddling. I just want to cuddle yeah. or the, uh, the husband can, or male partner can say, Hey, like, I just, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, do you want this to go somewhere or do you just want this to be an affection day? Which would be excellent if he said anything at all versus he just is getting handsy. So right. guys for real, um, listen to this part really good because yes, she needs to feel respected. And often what we'll do is almost a permission you know, yes. we've talked about that before. Do I have permission to touch you? And you're maybe beyond that at this point. Mm-hmm. If we're but you might not be. You may not so, be. So let's talk about that. Make but sure we talk ask about it. for sure because yeah. it's easy for you to go sexual and become aroused with right. any touch. It's right. not the same for her. And mm-hmm. I'll bet you she isn't very affectionate because of that. Exactly. Which means everybody's missing out. And so talking yes, about that. Yes, yes. And, and sometimes people will say, and clients will say, ugh, but then it makes it, it just ruins the mood. Right. If you're asking, if you have to ask, can I touch you? But think Short about term. that. Short term. But also think about it. You can make that a, a very sexy ask, right? Like it doesn't have to be yeah. like, oh, can I touch you now? Right? Like mm-hmm. it can, you can make that a very sexy or sensual conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, potentially even in a way that might be extremely appealing to your spouse, like, Oh, I kind of wasn't, but now I kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. you could start doing that. And then, you know, engaging a little further later on, you can have that conversation. Well, what about this now? You know? And, so you can you can make that into a a very sensual and sexual part of the process, right? Right. And then that still gives that conversation where it is it's communicated and she still has the ability to say uh, not tonight or maybe ask me in an hour or, you know, whatever that allows you to still have the permission giving aspect of that, which can be really huge. And then of course, as you're moving forward and even as you're having sex or getting very close to, that's always still an option again for either party always to be able Mm -hmm. to say, I, I'm not okay right now. I, I need to either pause or I need to be done. And again, continue to have those conversations right? What we would love, I think every wife, um, every female partner would love for uh, an addict partner to pause and say, hang on, I can feel I'm not as present as I want to be right now. I want to make sure I'm connecting with you. Can we just talk about, you know, just have a, just talk about what we love about each other or what, you know, something like that to just pull me back into the present space. I think I think I, every, nearly every wife would say, 
I would love that. And conversely, I think the husbands would love to be able to hear like, I'm starting to get a little triggered right now. Can we just talk for a minute so that I don't we have would, to either push through? We would definitely or hate prefer it. that to the alternative. Yeah, or I'm out. You're checked out, or yeah. you're happy, and then afterwards mm-hmm. you're sad. Mm-hmm. And the husband's going, "What happened? Yeah, why are you sad? Yeah." So, so it might feel a little tricky in the moment, but I think long term to just keep those communication lines open throughout the process is going to be key. So we promised you we would talk about a little bit about Sensate Focus, which is a fabulous way to reintegrate. And we're going to go ahead and do that next time. So hopefully you're getting into this, being able to talk with your spouse more and start to opening those doors and understanding what things you both need to have in place to feel comfortable reintegrating sexuality and that you are able to understand maybe even a little bit better where your partner is coming from when it comes to sexuality and what it means in the relationship. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to two therapists talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.